The first lesson is from Isaiah 45, 1 through 7. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have grasped to subdue nations before him and strip kings of their robes, to open doors before him and the gates shall not be closed. I will go before you and level the mountains. I will break in pieces the doors of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. I will give you treasures of darkness and riches hidden in secret places, so that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who call you by your name for the sake of my servant and Israel, my chosen. I call you by name, a surname, you, through you do not know me. I am the Lord and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I arm you, though you do not know me, so that they may know from the rising of the sun, and from the west there is no one beside me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make will and create woe. I am the Lord. Do all these things. The psalm is 96, read responsively. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the whole earth. Declare his glory among the nations and his wonders among all peoples. As for all the gods of the nations, there are but idols, but it is the Lord who made the heavens. Ascribe to the Lord, you families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord honor and power. Worship the Lord and the beauty of holiness. Let the whole earth tremble before him. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea thunder and all that is in it. Let the field be joyful and all that is therein. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his truth. The second lesson is Thessalonians 1, chapter 1. Paul, Cyrus, and Timothy, to the church of Thessalonians, and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We will always give thanks to God for all you and mention you in our prayers constantly remembering before God our Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, beloved by God, that he has chosen you because our message of the gospel came to you, not in word only, but also in power of the Holy Spirit with full conviction. Just as you know that the kind of person 
we prove to be among you for your sake. And you become imitators of us and of the Lord, for it is spirit of persecution. You receive the word with joy inspired by the Holy Spirit, so that you become an example to all the believers in Macedonia and and Achita. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth, and you are not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place your faith in God has become known, so that we have no need to speak about it. For the people of those reigns report about us what kind of welcome we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God. So we wait for his Son from heaven, whom he has raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath. This is the coming. Here ends the lesson. Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap Jesus in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, whose head is this and whose title? They answered, the emperor's. Then he said to them, give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed and they left him and went away. This is the gospel of the Lord. To you, Be seated the children's sermon at this time. Good morning. Good mo- okay, and you brought great. Okay. We were bringing some cans, and I brought some extras, so I'll put them up here. We, do you want, where do you want to put them? Up against the, the altar? That might be good. Would you do that for me? Well, I can do it, I guess. This is where I'd like them, because if, when I walk up here, I, you know, I don't want to uh, kick them. <laughs> Thank you. That's it. Very good. Should we put them on a balance? I mean, one on each side. Well, that's, you did very well. Thank you. Okay, I'm getting my exercise. All right. I know in, uh, on the 12th there'll be, we will have a harvest home, so we'll be doing and having clothing, not just, well, food here, decorated. It'll look very good, I'm told. 
and I'll look forward to that. Let me see where I can sit. Can I sit right in the middle so I can kind of see everybody? Okay, good to see you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. So the, the lesson that I just read is really about what belongs to God. Do you have an idea of what belongs to God? And that's okay, because that's why I do a children's sermon. If you had all the answers, then, you, well, I don't even have all the answers anyway. So the, um, the way they got Jesus to think about or to say what belongs to God was they gave him a little coin, a denarius. It's worth about uh, 20 cents then. And they could use that to pay the tax. And so Jesus looked at that and said, what's on it? Well, the, the head of the king was on it. And so he said, give to the king what's the king's and give to God what is the God's. So the question is, in what image are we? What is on us? What imprint is on us and what's on us is the sign of the cross and baptism. And so, and we are made, as Genesis says, in the image of Almighty God. So when we say give to Caesar or the government, what is, belongs to the government, fine, but everything has come from God, and we give God ourselves, which is the most precious gift. And because God so deeply loves us, he created us and placed us here with gifts and talents. So I have a coin today, and you'll get some coins in, the, uh, in children's church, but this coin is really, you can't buy anything with this, but all, the reason I wanted to do it is just to give you an idea. On the on the cover. On this side of the coin is the head of Jesus. And on this side is the Bible, and it says, In God we trust. This isn't candy or anything. Really, don't put this in your mouth. I, I know you won't, but it's so tiny. So I wanted to give you that to remind you of to whom we belong. It says, God loves you, Jesus loves you. And so to take this coin, keep it somewhere to remind you that you belong to God and God dearly and totally loves you. Amen. Here's your coin. And again, you, I don't take that to the, uh, to the store. It won't, it won't work. Thank you. You're welcome. And just to remind you of God loves you and that you and I belong to God. You're welcome. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for your blessings this beautiful day, the gift of these children and families and all who are gathered and those unable to be here. We give thanks for your grace poured upon us and that we belong to you and are in your image. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much. So you have Children's Church. I think it'll be fun and enjoy. Thank you. You're welcome. The coin, if she need, they need extra coins, they can come and get them, okay? All right, are we ready? Yeah. You are ready, okay. Here we go. I, you're, okay, I have extra ones, do you want them? Okay. Keep the coin, okay, thank you. Let us pray.
May the words that are spoken and how we listen be guided by the Holy Spirit and true to the Holy Gospel. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, God, our Creator, the Holy Spirit, Comforter and Guide. Amen. I think Jesus must have had this psalm in mind when this occurrence happened in Matthew 22. The earth is Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend to the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in God's holy place? The one whose hands are clean and whose heart is pure. Who does not trust in an idol nor swear to false gods they will receive a blessing from the Lord. I just thought of that psalm overnight, and what a good way to begin. Because when we look at the the glory of the Garden of God, and I can see the mountain there, and I know the Susquehanna and Juniata are around, and I go through and around them often, and we see the beauty of this garden that God has created. And wherever you've traveled or wherever you've been, you have seen the beauty of God's creation in so many places in the whole of this garden. And so that reminds us of the, the love of God and that this garden bears the image of God. In a sense, Jesus is addressing this very issue in Matthew 22, the image of God, the love of God, the creation of God. What is amazing is that Jesus in Matthew's gospel has been performing miracles. He's been healing the sick. He's been reaching out to the poor and outcast. He's been bringing in people that others find undesirable. And doing, and basically he has been embodying love all the way to this 22nd chapter. And the religious authorities are afraid of him. They say, see Jesus as a threat to their power and their position. So if the Pharisees and the Herodians can get Jesus to support the taxes paid to the emperor with an idolatrous coin with the face of Caesar on it, they think they can triumph over Jesus, make him less popular, and maybe gain their own power and authority. It's a power play. It's a conflict story. And it is always amazing that a person, Jesus, true God and true man, comes and loves the garden and the people, and that love is just not what people want. Startling, isn't it? And it isn't like he's just dealing with anybody. Judaism, these are Pharisees and Herodians, The Pharisees studied the Torah. They knew it well. They were precise in fulfilling the law. The Pharisees also followed a political ideology that could be described as going along to get along. Rome was in charge, so they cooperated with the authority of Rome in order to retain some power and authority themselves. They compromised, they went along, they paid the tax. And other laws in order to survive. 
So that's the, the Herodians are on the other side, Pharisees, Herodians, they're all, they, are, they are all the elite in the hierarchy. The Herodians were dedicated to supporting King Herod continue his reign in Palestine. Now King Herod is a Jew charged with political authority, but he has no political authority. He is a puppet king. If he makes a mistake and Rome doesn't like it, he's gone. So he really has very little power, but the Herodians really want him to be in power or phony power. All in all, in all the Pharisees and Herodians came together, at least in this passage, um, out of fear and resentment of Jesus. These are some of the reasons. Unlike accepted Pharisaic rabbis, Jesus had no formal education. You know that. They granted um, him no elevation of the status of rabbi, yet the people called him rabbi because in Jesus they saw an authority from God. He had no training, and it angered the Pharisees and Herodians. As soon as the question is posed in this lesson to Jesus, is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? That's a, that is a challenging question. It's a trick question. And the pace of the story kind of slows down a little bit. This indeed was a trap. Either yes or no would be an answer that could be undermining for Jesus and his ministry at least in the eyes of these who, those who pose the question. No one could undermine the ministry of Jesus. If Jesus answered no to the Herodians, they would charge Jesus with treason against Rome. Because it would sound like he's saying, don't pay the tax, and therefore Rome will not be happy, so he, they could get him in, a lot, uh, that answer would get him in trouble with the Roman Empire. If Jesus says yes, the Pharisees would accuse him of breaking the Jewish law itself. The denarius was a coin that could be used to pay the tax. It was made of silver and featured an image of the emperor with the inscription that he, the emperor, is God. Well, you all know that breaks the second commandment, which says, you shall make no for yourself no idol. You shall not bow down to a false image or worship them. The coin with the emperor's head would break that commandment. Even holding the coin would be a dangerous thing for anyone to do. It is kind of interesting that the Pharisees and Herodians must have had a coin because they gave it to Jesus knowing all the well that that coin was breaking the second commandment. But they went ahead. And here is Jesus, who could be accused of breaking the law, coming to fulfill the whole law. And so we know our Lord's answer. He says, this coin belongs to the emperor. His name is written all over it. Give it to whom it belongs. And Jesus tells them also, give to God the things that God have God's name and image written all over them. The hearers of the parable are actually being asked this question. And so are you today. And so am I. The question is, whose image do we bear?
So keep that question in mind as we think a moment about that, the Old Testament lesson, another Caesar figure from a half a millennium earlier, Persian king leader Cyrus the Great. This is amazing. While the ancient Israelites are facing their captivity in Babylon for their disobedience to God, Cyrus is being lifted up by God and called by God and given a mission, in fact. Isaiah said he's called the anointed of God. Uh, Cyrus doesn't even know the God of Israel. That's important to take note of because the God of Israel was Cyrus's God, but he didn't even know it. And God calls Cyrus. The mission is to end the Babylonian Empire and send the people of Israel home. And that's what he did. The point here is Cyrus in the image of God who he doesn't know. And so, um, an amazing moment in this lesson as he goes and the people of Israel are eventually rejoicing in home, at home again. So while the Pharisees and Herodians made every effort to destroy the image of Jesus, Jesus is really asking them, us, the Pharisees, and Cyrus also, under what image are you made? Whose image do you bear? The image we bear, and I think you know, is the image of God. In Genesis, we are told we are created in the image of God. We are created to be icons or, or those who follow Christ. Send the coins to the emperor, but give to God the things that are God's. And that is us and everything, our life, our time, our talents, our possessions, the mountains, the rivers, the valleys, the beauty of this garden God has created, it all belongs to God. And there is an issue of authority here. The authority is Almighty God. God exercises that authority, as you know, in dying for us being raised from the dead because God's authority is that he loves, God loves us, makes us inheritors of his kingdom, and calls us then to work in this world aware of God's grace and mercy, and to go in the world and recognize that if I'm in the image of God, you're in the image of God. So whenever I'm looking at whoever I'm seeing, friend or foe or even enemy, in the image of God, that's who we're seeing. God is not far away. The Holy Spirit is stirring us. And we're all in the image of God, all siblings of one another. And that's the message we bear. And yes, it's a message not many people want to hear. So be ready to be sometimes discounted. Jesus in this passage is also calling us to be aware of what is going on in the world. And I think we all are. He calls us, he says, pay the tax, and we do pay the tax. We will pay the tax, we should pay the tax, because the tax will, in some ways, help us all. And especially those that may be in need. But he's also saying, as you are aware, 
you're also called to work peaceably for change when any civil authority is found to be complicit with violence. To work for change peacefully when civil authority cannot speak or do the truth. To work peacefully against authority that cannot be trusted. To work for the good of all people or is unjust or perverts the law or has no heart for the least or cannot bear the truth or pays no attention to the poorest or the marginalized or people of color or refugees or those of the LGBTQIA plus community. He calls us to be aware of what's happening and to work in the image of God for those also in the image of God who may be pushed aside. Indeed, wasn't that the whole ministry of Jesus? Indeed it was. It's who we are. How citizens are taxed in a country reflects the moral fiber of that society. With a lower and middle class income, citizens are, are taxed more heavily than the wealthy who have loopholes or other ways and pay less tax. That is really a sign of a society that is unjust and a system that we shouldn't talk about changing, but we should be changing. Jesus calls us to work in his image for justice, to care for all people and the earth, for we all are created in God's image. We are of God. We are for God. All of us, everywhere, every day. Amen. The blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless, strengthen, and guide us in, in the image of Almighty God, Savior, Creator, and